Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And friend, today you are listening to the very first episode of season five. This is a special season for me personally, and I wanted to take a moment before we get started today to explain why. The number five, this may sound silly, but I think it's kind of cool. The number five has always been my favorite number, and I like five. (laughs) I've always thought that of all the numbers, the number five has the prettiest aesthetic Maybe it just has more unexpected curves than, say, a one or a seven. I don't know, but I've always thought fives were pretty. And a few years ago, probably about seven years ago now, an older friend told me that from a biblical perspective, the number five is often used to represent the concept of grace in the Bible. Now, I don't know how much of that is true. I'm not into numerology stuff. But I love that idea because my name, Janelle, actually means God is gracious. I was born on a Palm Sunday on the 5th of April years ago, (laughs) and I just like the number five. And knowing that it may symbolize grace has uh, made me like it even more. Um, I did watch a movie years ago with Natalie Portman. I don't know the name of it, where she was scared of the number five. And that, you know, made me rethink my my love of the number five for a while. But uh, overall, five is my favorite. So I'm very excited that this is season five of the podcast. When I started this podcast back in the fall of 2019, I did a series on finding something real. I talked about three concepts. And in fact, um, I talked about these concepts when I was chatting with some women at a retreat uh, that I spoke at back in October. But the three concepts are ish, identity, and impetus. Ish meaning the things, you could call it issues or crap that get in the way of finding something real in Christ. Our identity, what happens to us when we come to him and allow who he is to transform who we are and impetus, the force that moves us into the world around us when we are changed by the living God. So I talked about ish, identity, and impetus. And honestly, even though over the past few seasons, we've talked about lots of different topics with a diverse group of guests and co-hosts, last season and this season especially, 
we're still talking about those concepts, even if we're not talking about them specifically, when we're talking about finding something real. What is the stuff that we're getting over? What is the stuff that gets in the way? Who are we when we accept what Jesus says about who we are? And how are we moved into the world around us? Um, when we know who we are, because we know who he is. Um, yeah, we talk about that a lot, even if I don't call them ish identity and impetus here on the podcast anymore. But during season four, you may remember that I invited young women to join me as temporary co-hosts as they asked questions about God and Christian faith. And it was their questions and objections that curated, curated <laughs> each month's content. Christian guests came on and addressed my co-host's honest questions from a loving Christian perspective. And you may remember that I loved that format, and it seemed like you, as the listener, enjoyed that format as well. So this season on the podcast, we're not changing too much, but we are intentionally embracing a little grace as we keep following a similar format as season four. The minor modifications, um, you may not even notice, but... Same as season four, my goal will be to feature a different conversation with a young woman each month here on the podcast. That conversation will air at the beginning of the month, and the questions or objections shared by her to me will then curate the rest of the month's content. The change will be that although that young woman will be invited to participate in those follow-up conversations with Christian guests, she may be unavailable or choose not to for whatever reason. I want her story to be woven throughout the month, uh, but sometimes I'll be the one advocating for her questions, um, as maybe she won't be here for every episode. But one of the great things about podcasts is that they can stick around for a long time. So for example, we've been replaying my co-host, uh, my co-host from April 2021, Dakmar from the Netherlands episodes here over the past few weeks. And if you support this podcast on Patreon, um, there's a monthly bonus episode every month, as you know, and you may know that she just recently re-listened to these recorded episodes and had new insight, new feedback on those conversations. We had a, a great conversation about them. In fact, in our most recent Patreon episode, Dakmar told me that re-listening to those conversations was like recording them all over again. She told me how compelling the conversations were. And I love that because sometimes when you're not sure about faith or you're struggling with Christianity or God in general, you may not be in a place where you want to invest a lot of time in something you feel hesitant about. Giving hours of your time and rearranging schedules to participate in conversations you're not sure you actually want to have. But you may be willing to have one conversation with someone who just wants to hear your story. And maybe at some point in the future, you'll want to listen to the conversations that come as a result of that one conversation. And that's what we're hoping to be showcasing here more this year on season five, which is the season of grace. So starting in March and hopefully going through November, Lord willing, we will be talking with individual young women and then following up with conversations that spring up from those initial conversations, just like during season four. But before we go there, I wanted to take a moment over these next few weeks and address something I think is foundational to the Finding Something Real podcast. You see, the final question that I ask podcast co-hosts and guests, um, it has remained pretty much the same throughout these past two and a half years. 
it usually goes like this, and it may sound familiar to you if you've listened to the podcast before. The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love of those four gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, which stands out to you the most in your life right now, and why. Now, I was being interviewed by someone last year and for her podcast, and she asked me how I came up with that acronym, Restoration, Eternity, Authenticity, and Love. And I think I came up with some what I thought was a clever explanation in the moment. But the truth is, I just liked the idea of real for the name and making real an acronym for something meaningful (laughs) sounded like a good idea in my head. It didn't seem to me to be divinely inspired or anything. I think I just asked myself, what is unique about who Jesus is and what he offers those who come to him? And that led me to restoration, and I I used to say, or redemption, um, eternity, authenticity, and love. What I've really, really enjoyed about this question at the end of each podcast is that people interpret it in a lot of different ways. And the questions have been so, or I'm sorry, the answers have been so unique and personal. And very often the question itself evokes my favorite moment of an episode, because while often someone will speak eloquently from their expertise or their history, something that they've prepared in advance to share, this question often requires a more raw and often a more personal response. And sometimes when I'm talking with a young woman who's not sure about Jesus, either here on the podcast or just privately, I'll go into more detail about what I mean by each concept, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And I've even had some (laughs) nicely, uh, I've even had to nicely argue uh, a little bit about these things because sometimes I'll hear that these things are not truly unique to Jesus Christ. But that's when I politely disagree. And so before we launch into another format of interviews and conversations starting next month, I wanted to lay the groundwork this season for why I believe in their truest form, these things are unique to relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanted to specifically talk about eternity this week. Um, I know I'm going out of order. (laughs) I was going to make it restoration or redemption this week and then move on to eternity next week. But you see, my grandmother, she died yesterday. And nothing makes you think of eternity more than when somebody you know or love passes away. Um, I think that it's just, it's front and center in my mind, right? She was here uh, one week and then gone the next. And, uh, it makes you think what happened, what happened to her soul? What happens when you die? Um, this isn't the first time that I wrestled with those thoughts, those feelings. Um, it's definitely happened many times over my life. And I remember a few years ago, listening to a guy named Francis Chan. I, I liked listening to him a lot. Um, I think it was in the spring of 2016. I went on this Francis Chan kick. In fact, I've probably talked about it here (laughs) before, but I was listening to a lot of his sermons and talks um, while I was doing laundry and my kids were younger then. 
Um, but I remember him talking about, um, I think it's in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, um, where it says it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting for death is the destiny of every person. The living should take this to heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of the morning, but the heart of fools is in the house of pleasure. That's in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter seven. Um, I didn't quote it perfectly, but that's pretty close um, in the NIV version. And I think um, it's wise for us to consider that we're mortal (laughs) and that we will die at some point um, and that people that we love, um, you know, die as well. And so sometimes we don't like to think about that. I know it's not something I love to think about, although one of my exchange daughters would argue that Janelle, you think about death a lot because um, one summer she was here visiting and we listened to some <laughs> funerals, I think, on uh, online. But I, I do I do think about that. I think about death sometimes. I think about um, what happens. And if we're being honest, in the last two years of COVID, I think it's something that more and more people have been thinking about, what happens when we die. And the Bible has some very specific things that it says about death and eternity. And so instead of explaining all of my feelings around this, um, which I do have a lot, uh, I thought it would be better just to read some of the things in scripture that have me thinking that when it comes to eternity, uh, Jesus Christ holds the keys, right? Um, And so uh, yeah, I wanted to share some of that. So it says in Ecclesiastes 311, um, that he, meaning God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into the, into man's heart. Um, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. There's this mystery, right? Um, but eternity is in each person's heart. There's something in us that longs for something more. It's like when you think of just being gone, it doesn't make any sense, you know? There's something, there's got to be more. And when you talk to a lot of people, um, and and not everybody, I know I've talked to an atheist before who told me that she, you know, feels good about the fact that at the end of her life, she believes there will be nothing. But when I talk to a lot of people, there's this hope that there is more because how could this be it? Um, And I think if I am reading scripture right, that's something that God placed in our hearts, this desire uh, for for more, that our our soul should live on, live on, Um, and that it's not, this world is not all there is. Um, John 17, 3, so in the gospel of John, it says, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 1 John 5.11, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Both of those verses, to me, point that the answer is in relationship with Jesus. It's in knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent, his Son, And this is his testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is found in Christ. That's 1 John 5.11. I'm gathering that from 1 John 5.11. And then in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
John 3, 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. The message of Jesus is good news. There is a Savior who wants to save us (laughs) from the death that we all deserve. He came to bring life and life to the full. But we get to choose. We have a choice. And so I think that according to these scriptures, according to what's shared in the Bible, and there's a lot more verses, I'm just picking a few. Um, Eternity belongs to him. So, and I, I think sometimes, you know, like even knowing that someone I love just passed away and not knowing necessarily what she believed in. I don't know that, but that's between her and God. And I can trust the character of God. And I love these verses. Psalm 92 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He is eternal. Him and Him alone. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life is found in Jesus. You see, if we put our faith in Christ, the Bible says that we have something beautiful to look forward to. John 14, 2 through 3. In my Father's house are many rooms. This is Jesus talking. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, what I've told you... Uh, what I've told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. You see, eternity, we get to spend it with Jesus. Revelation 21, three through four. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Can you imagine a place where there's no more crying, no more pain or suffering and we get to be with Jesus? That's eternity. That's eternity for those who put their trust in him. That's what scripture says. Second Corinthians four sixteen through 18 says, So we do not lose heart, though our outward self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So friend, that is what I believe about eternity, that eternity belongs to Jesus, that it's found in him, that our hope is in him, that the things that weigh us down here on earth, that when we put them in light of eternity, they pale in comparison. I remember listening to that Francis Chan that I was just telling you about. And he used to do this demonstration. I don't know if he does it anymore. 
where we'd take this long piece of rope and he would take an end that he would paint red, I think it was, and he would show like what, um, what, what life looks like here on earth, right? This tiny little red mark on this huge long piece of rope. He's like, what we're, what we're encountering right now here on earth is this tiny little space and look at how far it keeps on going after. And I don't know about you, but I cannot comprehend what eternity looks like when I try. I remember as a kid, I would try this and I think it's impossible. I can't, I can't think like that. And even scientists, you know, when they look at the universe, they have no idea like, oh my goodness, how, how does it keep on expanding? How is this possible? But God, God is greater. He's greater than my mind. He's greater than your mind. Eternity belongs to him. So one of the things that really helps me when I think of eternity is thinking of God's character. Um, I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention, (laughs) um, especially for someone who's not familiar with the Bible here, that God, um, that Jesus spoke a lot about, um, about eternity in regards to heaven and hell. Um, the Bible describes hell as a real place, a place of separation between God and uh, a place of torment, um, not a place that you want to go. Um, sometimes people ask me privately or on the podcast, you know, about hell. Um, and I encourage people to look at the Bible and see what it says for yourself. A really good resource is Erasing Hell by Preston Sprinkle and Francis Chan, um, the same Francis Chan who wrote about the eternity stuff or who demonstrated it. Um, but anyway, all that to say, um, I know that hell is a hot topic and it's also something that people don't want to talk about. Uh, but when we do talk about it, we think, well, how could a loving God do something like that um, or create a place like that? Um and I, I think that the more you get into scripture, the more that you read about the character of who God is, uh, the more that you trust him. And one thing that I find in my reading, it's funny because my husband and I were just reading uh, the book of Job this morning at the end where God answers Job when he's suffering. And Job and his friends have been going back and forth talking about why would God allow this? What's going on? Did Job do something wrong? What's God's character really like? And then out of, um, I don't know if it's out of the wind, but out of basically nowhere, here comes the voice of God. And what does God say? He reminds them, he reminds Job of who he is. And so sometimes I know that I think, well, uh, I wouldn't do it that way. If I was God, I wouldn't, uh, you know, prepare a place for the devil and his angels and uh, a separation for people. I, I wouldn't do it that way, right? I can think that in my myself, but the thing is, I believe what Scripture says about God. I believe it because of my own engagement with it. I believe it because of my own experiences. I believe it because of what I know of the Bible, uh, both reason and experience. And what I believe ultimately is that the character of God is good, that the definition of love belongs to him, that the definition of justice belongs to him, 
So I don't have to worry that he's ever going to do anything unjust. But one thing I do know is that eternity belongs to him. And heaven is real. Hell is real. Jesus holds the keys to eternity. And I, as a human being, the Bible says that I can make a choice. So, uh, you know, in John chapter 5, verse 24, where Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. I believe, I believe that to be true. And I believe that Jesus Christ is about life. He even says it over and over again. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way. And I trust him. I trust him with my life. He holds the keys to eternity. So when I think of, man, um, eternal punishment, eternal celebration, all these things, and I think, oh, and I try to figure it out, man, I'm a simple person. And I know there's this old song. I think it's an old hymn. I know whom I have believed in and I'm convinced that he is faithful. When you read the Bible for yourself, when you study it for yourself, I pray and hope that you'll find that too, friend. That you'll find that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No matter how messed up this world is, no matter what crazy thing might come into your life, no matter how many Christians disappoint you. I know that's a common thing right now, and I hear it a lot. I'm sorry. People will disappoint us, but Jesus Christ is the same. And the Bible is clear. Eternity belongs to him. It belongs to him. And I think we all will stand before him one day and give an account. And the Bible says that it is him. It is Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He's the one who bridges that gap. And so if you haven't placed your trust in Jesus and you're listening to this thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe I just listened to a whole sermon. I'm sorry if that's what it came across as. But I just have to tell you, if I'm right, if the Bible is, is true and Jesus holds the keys to eternity, then nothing is going to matter more than exploring that for yourself and wondering and, and seeking out, is this Jesus Christ legit? Is he who he says he was? C.S. Lewis, the famous theologian said, and writer, author, you know, all the things, um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe guy, he said he's either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. It wasn't some nice guy who said a bunch of nice, friendly things and just, you know, left. He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. And I don't know about you guys, but when somebody that you love dies and death is right in front of your face, it kind of puts an urgency to the whole eternity thing. 
because none of us knows when our time here on earth is up. So if you ever wonder what happens when you die, I just encourage you, encourage you to, um, to check out what the Bible has to say and to seek it out for yourself and to even say, God, I don't know that I believe this, or maybe you don't believe it and being honest about that. But this is what I love about God's word. It's true. You can test it for yourself. You can say, God, your word says, your word says that if we seek you, we'll find you and we seek you with all our heart, God. I want to know you. I want to know if this is true. Would you show me? And friend, he is faithful. He is faithful. It's really hard to examine and really come face to face with Jesus without noticing how beautiful he is. So, friend, that's all I have to say. Until next time, and next week I'll be chatting on here about another concept and why we talk about it, and uh, yeah. (laughs) Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.